Hello and welcome back after a very long hiatus. I haven't even sat down and counted the days, guys, how long it's been. I think it's been over a month, honestly, and I apologize for the gap since our last episode. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you're joining me. Thank you for joining me. And I am very excited, kind of anxious, a little nervous, actually, honest, uh, oddly enough, to be back on here because, like I said, it's been a while. And before we get into it, I want to go over some things real quick because a lot has changed in my life over the last couple months. And that's partially why there hasn't been as much stuff coming out uh, podcast wise, because uh, I've had a lot of developments and a lot of things uh, to consider in my life. Um, So I kind of wanted to make sure that I was putting all my energy in the proper place. Um, I was also being guided to do that. So, but now I am sitting back in Las Vegas, Nevada. I know I've been coming back and forth between Phoenix and Vegas. You might've noticed that. Um, I'm traveling back and forth because I do have since uh, I believe the 1st of February, if I'm remembering right, (laughs) don't slay me, Bethany, if that's incorrect. Um, I have a girlfriend now, and I'm very excited to say that because if any of you have been joining me um, since the beginning of this podcast, it's been a long road and a long journey and a very lonely journey at that. So I'm so blessed and grateful to have her in my life and to have been fortunate enough to have celebrated a Valentine's Day a couple days ago that, man, I haven't ever really experienced a day like that. Um... It's really something, and especially in retrospect, considering the fact that my last episode on last Valentine's Day, I did an episode, and it was something called um, Valentine Out, I believe is the name of the episode, if you want to check it out. It'd be a good one to listen to after this, if you want to kind of see the difference in the frame of mind I've, I was in a year ago, opposed to right now, but I was in a much different frame of mind. I was very lonely. Even though it was a very positive episode, the place I was coming from was actually a place of self-love, self-encouragement, trying to make myself feel less lonely. And you might hear that a little bit coming through in that episode if you listen to it. Anyways, so that's one of the new developments. I now have a girlfriend. Uh, We are... (laughs) we are having a lot of fun together and exploring each other and um, really kind of the depth of ourselves. There's an aspect of this relationship that's really pulling me apart in a very positive way. (laughs) Um, Something like the parts of me that weren't still weren't well well put together. um, I needed help with and Bethany has been helping me with those aspects of myself that I really couldn't handle on my own. And, and there's, you know, and I, I believe I've been doing the same for her, and I think that is something um, that, that's what forms the basis of a, a strong relationship is not only the trust asp- aspect, but something like the the practical effectiveness of the relationship. What does it do for you? What does that person do for you? Not in a transactional way, but kind of what do you do for each other, I guess, is a better way to put it. And when I think about my relationship with Bethany, it's something like, we make each other better. Not only better, but something like the highest version of ourselves. It makes me want to reach for that highest version of myself. And I hope I do the same for her. So besides that, because of kind of the other developments in my life, I'm getting very close to the end of my lease already here in Vegas, which is crazy because many of you were listening when I came out here. So it's already almost time to leave Las Vegas or at least contemplate leaving Las Vegas. Um, there's some opportunities uh, that me and Bethany have been exploring together. Uh, 
And I'm going to get into that a little bit more in the podcast because it kind of relates to one of the topics that I've been wanting to talk to you guys about um, for quite some time, but it relates to kind of the entire idea of the podcast, what this is, and some realizations I've had regarding that. But I've been debating on where I'm going to live, Las Vegas or Phoenix, or maybe even someplace new, maybe someplace different. Because I've also realized that my work is now this. And I'll kind of explain what I mean again a little bit later. So that means that I'm able to kind of live where I need to. And that excites me in a way. I feel like there's wide open possibilities in front of me right now. And I... I'm very excited for the first time in a very long time in over a decade, folks. It's it's something like overwhelming. I, I know maybe I sound a little tired, but that's actually because I've been a little anxious before coming on here, like I was saying, because I haven't done it in so long. But I'm overwhelmed with how blessed I've become in the last... I mean, I've always been blessed, but I mean, how much the universe and God has blessed me with over the last couple months. It's overwhelming and it's humbling. And I hope that you as listeners are experiencing something similar in your life or will at some point or have. Because those kind of feels of those feelings of joy and love, it's not the whole point to life. It is in one aspect if you want to look about about it and just the positive aspect, but it's not the reason you're here. It's not to just enjoy those feelings. We've said this before in many of the episodes, but we're all here for very specific reasons. I think each of us are here for very specific reasons. It gets at the idea of there being a predetermined path that you're on, but also free will. Both of those things existing simultaneously, somehow. I'm developing what I've, I guess where I need, I'm sorry for the pause there, guys, but I'm trying to contemplate, again, I'm trying to figure out how I'm supposed to introduce these ideas to you because what I want to talk about today, and I may have posted it, uh, and maybe that's the best way to do it, I need to just read you the quote, um, <laughs> like I usually do. It's been a while, like I said, a little rusty, um, but I've been trying to figure out how to introduce these ideas that I've, these realizations that I've been coming to over the last couple of months because it is something like, In one form, an affirmation of source, and another form, something like ground shattering, ground shaking. So very, for me personally, my perspective. All right, so I do have a quote for you guys today, and this is what I want to kind of use as a guide for us today. Um, help us kind of focus or orient our energy. Now, if I can find it, that would be fantastic. Oh, well, look at that. I already pulled it up for myself. Good job, Chris. All right, guys, this is by Alan Watts, and Alan Watts is one of my favorite philosophers, period. He's an Eastern-based philosopher, and he lived or, I believe, died in the late 60s, early 70s. I'm not exactly sure on the date of his birth and death. I guess we could look it up. Let's look it up real quick, guys. Wikipedia, because the reason I, I bring up Alan Watts is because he's very, he's very famous in the spiritual world. He's a very popular philosopher, especially. Um, but 
he's a big influence in my life, and he was something like the first person, the person that spurred what I would describe as my spiritual awakening, the beginning of it. Now, the other interesting aspect is this has been documented. That's what this podcast is, folks. That's one of the realizations I've had is that what I've been documenting for you as a listener and for myself is something like the awakening process itself. And we'll go into what the awakening process is here in a second. For the time being, Alan Watts. Alan Wilson Watts. He was born on the 6th of January, 1915, and he he died on the 16th of November, 1973. He was a British philosopher, writer, and speaker known for interpreting and popularizing Buddhism, Taoism, and Hinduism for a Western audience. Born in Chiselhurst, England, he moved to the United States in 1938 and began Zen training in New York. He received a master's degree in theology from Seabury Western Theological Seminary and became an Episcopal priest in 1945. He left the ministry in 1950 and moved to California, where he joined the faculty of the American Academy of Asian Studies. Hmm. Watts gained a following while working as a volunteer programmer at the KPFA radio station in Berkeley. He wrote more than 25 books and articles on religion and philosophy, introducing the emerging hippie counterculture to the way of Zen. So he's very influential in kind of the counterculture movement, which is interesting. And it's very interesting how there's a resurgence of that style of thinking um, I would I would call it something like spirituality, right? The but this uh, and his his prominence then and his prominence now. Uh, he's become a, mu- a much more prominent figure in the last five to ten years. Um, one of the first best-selling books on Buddhism in the Psychotherapy East and West, 1961. He argued that Buddhism could be taught as a form of psychotherapy. I completely agree. He considered Nature, Man, and Women to be, from a literary point of view, the best book I have ever written. <laughs> He also explored human consciousness and psychedelics and works such as the new alchemy and the joyous cosmology. All right, so there's probably enough on his history, but you get the idea of who Alan Watts was, right? Um, What's interesting about him, and I've brought this up before, apologies for repeating myself if I do, um, but it's important, like I said, nonetheless, that Alan Watts has, uh, there's there's an incredible library uh, of of audio and video uh, footage of Alan Watts and his lectures. He he gave lectures throughout the 60s and the 50s, and it was based in this counterculture movement, so it was very popular uh, back then. So there was a lot of, uh, it, even though the video cameras, at-home video cameras and audio recorders were um, something like, they were fairly rare back then, he was still had he still had access to those. So there's, a, there's recordings of him, and it's very interesting to listen to the recordings of Alan Watts um, from the 50s and the 60s, because... Um, what you'll notice with him is he has this interesting blending of Zen, uh, Eastern Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism, these kind of philosophies and, and religions. He, he, he's, he's learned and, and, and was based in those type of philosophies, but also has this kind of crossing over uh, with Western American and, and kind of um, Christian-based religions. So he's one of the first people that keyed me in that there's a crossing over here. That religions themselves um, are something like all the same thing. They're another form of compartmentalization that humans do that uh, we've gone over before as well. It's something like humans, uh, because we 
are adverse to the because we have this fundamental system inside of us something like the animal inside of us something like the limbic system inside of us that's constantly functioning to to keep us alive and that at some point in our genetic history um, was the main brain for lack of a better way of describing it um, we have this reliance on it uh, this tendency to want to revert back to these default mechanisms uh, it's the best way to describe that limbic kind of functioning is something like default ways of operating um, more rudimentary ways of operating and moving the, the body around but the idea is that uh, because uh, this this system is based on keeping you alive keeping you fed these kind of things um, and and leveraging kind of the senses themselves and the emotions themselves to uh, to motivate and move the body um, we've learn to rely on them and whenever we feel those emotions associate them with kind of those that threat right the, the it's something like the limbic system if it's to, if it's in, inspiring if if you're if it's inspiring an emotion or a physical feeling in you it's because you need something right it's a, it's a it's like a warning a warning light that your body has built in it's like okay this is probably it's like a fundamental priority system like i need this first and then this first and then this first and it motivates and moves you by making you feel uncomfortable in some way right so the idea is that throughout history as we developed a more complex form of brain that kind of grew over that the, the frontal cortex and kind of uh, i'm not a brain scientist but you get what i'm saying right the layers of the brain um I guess I could look that up as well. Anyway, it's not really necessary because the idea is something like we've developed a more complex brain. It's been layered on top of itself so that the more rudimentary forms of the brain exist at the, the, the base levels, the base layers of the brain. And that we still have these systems operating, functioning. They still kind of in some ways want to control us. They still have that function, that limbic system itself of kind of prioritizing things and making us feel uncomfortable. But because we feel uncomfortable, human beings have a tendency of kind of associating that uncomfortable feeling with, an, with a... Um, because the, the frontal cortex is something like a problem-solving machine. It identifies the limbic system and its emotion as something like a, a problem that needs to be eliminated. So we have this internal tearing of ourselves that's going on inside of the brain at a, at a biological level that is like we're trying to root through still as a species like how do we sort through which system should take priority and when it should and also how do we recognize within the individual that these two systems exist at a fundamental physical level and then also deeper than that as we'll get into in a while like how do we recognize how spirit itself how energy itself how the universe itself manipulates those systems and uses those systems to communicate to you directly but the idea is that we've tried to eliminate fear itself because the frontal cortex that has developed the the more developed part of the brain has identified the limbic system and the emotion of fear itself is something like the ultimate threat so that we try to eliminate it in the modern world that's the that's the main goal of modern consciousness i think is to is to institute ultimate comfort something like paradise on earth which is the elimination of fear itself it's the elimination of like the negative energy, the low vibe energy, darkness, night, down, whatever you want to associate with that energy. It's all the same thing. And that's the point of what I was saying with Alan Watts is he was the, th the first person that keyed me into that. So if, you, if you're interested in him at all, please go check out his work. Um, it's, all of it's on YouTube. His entire channel is developed uh, or devoted to just kind of keeping uh, to just presenting his work. And it's on like live 24 seven. So you can just listen to him on loops if you want to. There's hours and hours of content. Anyway, I digress. Sorry for all of the history of Alan Watts. I didn't mean to spend like 15 minutes on him. The quote that I was bringing up 
was Jesus Christ knew he was God. So wake up and find out eventually who you really are. In our culture, of course, they'll say you're crazy, you're blasphemous, and they'll either put you in jail or in a nut house, which is pretty much the same thing. However, if you wake up in India and tell your friends and relations, my goodness, I've just discovered that I'm God, they'll laugh and say, oh, congratulations, at last you found out. That's a quote by Alan Watts. This is getting towards the point of this episode. We all like to think. We are addicted to thinking that we are God. That we are the center of the universe that we control everything, not only ourselves, but the people around us, the moon and the sun, the stars, nebulas, galaxies, the volcanoes, the waves, the tides. Get the point. Even though we know that idea is illogical, fundamentally illogical, We still play with it every day. We still allow ourselves to believe, oftentimes in tricky ways, non-intentionally, that we are the thing that can fix the world. Hmm. If only everybody would listen to me. If only these people would stop lashing out at me. If only I hadn't been hurt in these ways. If only I hadn't lost my temper. If only I hadn't made that bad decision. That one bad decision. Regret. It's the other side of being God. (laughs) All of a sudden, you get to be the thing that is responsible for everything, too. That's where you get to feel the weight of what God is. And the secret is, it'll crush you. It's too much. You can't control anything else but yourself. Why? Because you're literally, fundamentally, physically and spiritually not enough. You're a different thing. Now that may seem counterintuitive to what we were just talking about with Alan Watts. Right? Jesus Christ knew he was God. So wake up and find out eventually who you really are. In our culture, of course, they'll say you're crazy and you're blasphemous and they'll either put you in jail or in a nut house, which is pretty much the same thing. However, if you wake up in India and tell your friends and relations, my goodness, I've just discovered that I'm God, they'll laugh and say, oh, congratulations, at least you found out. What's the idea here? Something like, well, he's giving you something like an anecdote, a little mini story of realizing 
that this individual, at least in the story, is God. This individual thinks they're God. But the reason that Alan Watts is telling you this story, or the reason that he's using this in this quote, the reason it's so influential, is because of the prevalence of the figure of Jesus Christ in this quote, I think, because something like most people, whether you're religious or not, still identify Jesus Christ as God or the physical embodiment of something, even if you believe in it or not, right? So they understand the idea of Jesus Christ. And so he starts off with that line, Jesus Christ knew he was God. Okay. So wake up and find out eventually who you really are. That's the next line. What does that mean? (laughs) The point he's getting at is that you are God. We've gotten to this before as well, but there's a distinction here that's very, very important, and you have to be very cautious with these ideas, because by saying you are God, I don't mean you are the perspective God. I don't mean you control everything. Obviously not the rant that I just went on. Actually, you control very few things. That's why you aren't the perspective God. You're something like a piece of the perspective God. You're God's eyes. You're God's hands. You're one of God's hands. You're a set of God's eyes. You're a set of the universe's eyes. (laughs) However you want to put it. You're the translator. You're the conduit. Your energy. You're a happening, as Alan Watts would put it. There is nothing but now. And now. You don't have to look out into the world for things to fix yourself. You don't have to search for other ideas. You don't have to look for other people to guide you. If you want to find your awakening path, if you're looking for the way to wake yourself up, the best advice I could give you is stop looking. Because you really are the thing that has all the answers. You're enough. You're perfect. You're perfect in your imperfection, each of us. The universe is perfect in its imperfection. We wouldn't want a perfect universe because it would cease to be interesting. We want an adventure, we want a drama. We want pain, we want suffering, we want joy, we want love. The point I'm trying to get to, guys, is what I've realized I've been doing here because I've been searching this entire time and I've had many episodes where I've talked about this trying to search for what this podcast is what have I been doing it's been incredibly hard to identify what I've been doing because for a long time most of this time maybe not for you but for me it's felt like I've been talking to myself but that's oddly enough the process that's showed me that (laughs) I'm not alone and neither are you Nobody is. Talk to yourself enough, you're going to start to look crazy and sound crazy to other people. There is a reason for that. Because that's what you have to feel and embrace in order to really change your perspective. 
Not only do you have to face the idea of lunacy, of social rejection, of ostracization, you have to feel kind of the idea, in a spiritual sense, of death. Because there's a distinction I need to make with what I said earlier, that being that you are already enough. That is true. There's also something that's true. It goes along with that idea. You're not where you could be. You're enough, but you haven't realized it. You have the tools, but you're not using them. You're a spiritual being acting as a physical thing, a machine. You're the only thing that can turn it on. Alan Watts is talking about the awakening process. Because it's the same for everybody. Not in practical implementation. No, that's not the right way to describe it. Not in experience. I mean, like, the specifics of your out- your individual life. You're going to have different life, life scenarios and situations pop up. Everybody's going to have a different life. A variety is what makes life interesting in some way. But everybody is here, I think, for multiple reasons. One fundamental one that's kind of overarching for everybody that I've already said. You're here to grow as a soul, as an eternal thing. You're here to produce wisdom, to produce novelty, to produce love, to produce passion. Also in that you're here to produce all of the negative aspects of life too. Over consecutive seemingly never-ending life paths. But that the point is that you get closer and closer to something like a balanced being. A thing that's aligned with the energy of the universe, the idea of it, the fundamental truth. The only way that we can get close to that, and the reason I brought up the idea of the spiritual death, is to let go of what we think we are. What do you think you are? That includes everything that you love about yourself and everything you hate. Includes a lot of things you haven't even identified yet. A lot of things that I haven't identified with. I don't say this to be condescending. I hope you understand that. We all have work to do. And another point I need to make right now is that the process is never done, never over. There is no end to this journey in that sense. At least not while we're embodied. (laughs) I I have experienced something like a spiritual awakening, or maybe better put, a stage of my spiritual awakening. Like I said, we're never done. This isn't a contest. There's no levels to this. Everybody is going through an awakening process. Everybody's in different perspectives, different stages, but those stages aren't ranked. There's no categories to them, just differences. We're the thing that makes it an ego game. We're the thing that organizes it, gives it a rank and a structure, makes it competitive, brings that energy into it. So that when we're viewing this kind of work, spiritual work, awakening, ascension, however you want to refer to it. Christianity be something like being born again. 
When you're approaching these concepts, there's a necessity to be willing to let go of what you think you are. There's usually a reason that we have a thirst for ourselves to wake up. There's a reason that we're attracted to ideas like this. There's a reason that we listen to podcasts like this. And it's something like, we know there's more. And there is. (laughs) There really is. The next question is something like, okay, well, if I can wake up, what does that even mean? And where do I start? Well, the tricky part of it is, I can't tell you what you're going to need to do in your life, where you need to start at an individual level, where you need to look, what's wrong with you in that sense. Nothing's ever really wrong in the way we think about it, but what's out of alignment in you? I can't tell you that. There's ways I could, but I, <laughs> let's keep it simple for now. I'm not supposed to be the thing that tells you that. You're supposed to be the thing that tells you that, interprets that. So that if you want to know where to start, what I can do, the best thing I can do is show you where I started. And that's what this podcast is about. If you want to know where I started, go to the first episode. Listen there. And you'll see how simple a con- uh, an idea I was playing with. Something like, there's ideas that I don't think are true. I want to prod those with a stick. I want to make a audio show based on prodding those ideas with a, with a stick. And I also think that there's something that we're missing in the way we look at religion and spirituality. This is what it developed into. Me sitting here talking about the awakening process, what I've come to learn, what I hope to learn in the future, trying to share that with you guys as well. Go listen to that first episode. You'll hear through every episode that you listen to in this podcast that I've been confused along the way. I've been angry. I've been frustrated. I've been revengeful. I've been gluttonous. I've been every single one of the seven deadly sins. Many times you can hear me in those episodes go through those things. You can hear me talk through them. You can hear how confused I am about what I'm going through. I made a very specific intent when I made this to be unfiltered with you all. And I, I continue to have that affirmation, that intent with this podcast from here as long as I do this. And it is for that reason, because I can't show you how you're supposed to do it in your life, but I can show you how I did. I can only do that if I'm honest and willing to share it with you, though. I think you can do the same thing for other people. I think you in your own way, not in exactly the same way, can be a beacon for other people. Something like your individual expression, realizing who you are, waking up to who you are, and then expressing it genuinely in the world. Well, that's how we make the world a better place, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No laws, regulations, no reset of a government structure. <laughs> No man-made thing, period. Just you and the truth. There's another aspect that I want to tie into this, and I've been 
like I said, contemplating how to explain and approach these ideas with you guys because this was never my intention from the outset. Some of the things I've realized about myself I didn't think were possible, fundamentally. And approaching this podcast when I started it, I was approaching it in that secular frame of mind. But what I've realized, when I say this, folks, I mean it with every ounce of my being. And what I've recognized, partially through the help of Bethany, through the experience of meeting her, but also partially through this reflection that I've just been describing to you and through the application of these tools that I'm something of a psychic medium. And it's been expressed throughout my life, my entire life, since childhood all the way through now, when I chose to acknowledge it and when I didn't. Now, there's a lot of aspects to the term psychic medium. A lot of different definitions. There's a lot of different ways that people interpret that. There's a stigma around it, especially in the secular world. And it's partially why I've been apprehensive to kind of explain this to you guys or bring it up, because I wanted to make sure that I approached it in the proper energy. But I'm sure many of you have picked up on this before. I'm sure many of you are also very gifted yourself. And... <laughs> I'm sure that you've been picking up on the fact that the ideas I'm playing with, the concept that we're dealing with, they're the same. They're the same concepts you'll see and hear used and talked about in tarot readings and rune readings and occult mythology. It's all the same stuff. Different names, different languages, same energies. How does this, what do I mean by psychic medium? Well, let me define it for you. There's a couple different definitions, right? Like I said, it's been, the, the, the term has been changed often throughout history because it's taken on negative connotations and different, you know, movements throughout history have kind of, seized on, leveraged it to benefit the movement itself. Kind of, you get the idea, right? But psychic medium. All right. Mediumship is what it pulled up on Wikipedia. Mediumship is the practice of purportedly, see, there's always uh, something like a, what's the right word? Not stigma, but pessimism surrounding these ideas. Anyway, mediumship is the practice of purportedly mediating communication between spirits of the dead and living human beings. Practitioners are known as mediums or spirit mediums. There are different types of mediumship or spirit channeling, including seance, tables, trance, and Ouija. Belief in psychic abilities is widespread, despite the absence of objective evidence for its existence. Scientific re researchers have attempted to ascertain the validity of claims of mediumship. An experiment undertaken by the British Psychological Society led to the conclusion that the test subjects demonstrated no mediumistic ability. Mediumship gained popularity during the 19th century, when Ouija boards were used by the upper classes as a source of entertainment. Investigations during this period revealed widespread fraud, with some practitioners employing techniques used by stage magi magicians, and the practice began to lose credibility. 
fraud is still rife in the medium slash psychic industry, with cases of deception and trickery being discovered to this day. Several different variants of mediumship have been described. Arguably, the best-known forms involve a spirit purportedly taking control of a medium's voice and using it to relay a message, where the medium simply hears the message and passes it on. Other forms involve materializations of the spirit or the presence of a voice and telekinetic activity. The practice is associated with several religious belief systems, such as shamanism, vodun, spiritualism, spiritism, candomblé, voodoo, umbanda, and some new age groups. So, you get the idea, right? This is what mediumship is. Now, this is one side of it. Now, psychic is a different thing. Now, I want to kind of go into that description of psychic. Now, psychic is a person who claims to use extrasensory perception, or ESP, to identify information hidden from the normal senses, particularly involving telepathy or clairvoyance, or who performs acts that are apparently inexplicable by natural laws. Although many people believe in psychic abilities, a scientific consensus is that there is no proof of the existence of such powers and describes the practice as pseudoscience. The word psychic is also used as an adjective to describe such abilities. Psychics encompass people in a variety of roles. Some are theoretical performers, or theatrical performers, excuse me, such as stage magicians who use various techniques, e.g., I see I've never really defined stage magicians as falling under psychic, but okay. Pre, uh, predestination or prestidigitation, I can't say that word, okay. Cold reading and hot reading to produce the appearance of such abilities for entertainment purposes. Large industry and network exists whereby people advertised as psychics provide advice and counsel to clients. Some famous psychics include Edgar Casey, very popular psychic, very interesting person. Ingo Swan, Peter Herkos, Janet Lee, you get the idea. Psychic powers are asserted by psychic detectives and in practices such as psychic archaeology and even psychic surgery. Critics attribute psychic powers to intentional trickery or to self-delusion. In 1988, then the U.S. National Academy of Sciences gave a report on the subject and concluded there is no scientific jurisdiction or justification from research conducted over a period of 130 years of, for the existence of parapsychological phenomena. A study attempted to repeat recently reported psychological experiments that appeared to support the existence of precognition. Attempts to repeat the results, which involved performance on a memory test to ascertain if post-test information would affect it, failed to produce significant effects and thus do not support the existence of psychic abilities of this kind. Psychics are sometimes featured in science fiction and fantasy fiction. Examples of fiction featuring characters with psychic powers include Star Wars franchise, which features force-sensitive beings that can see into the future and move objects telekinetically, along with Dungeons and & Dragons and some of the works of Stephen King, amongst many others. It's very interesting, right? So the reason I read both those to you is because I, earlier when I told you what I am or realized I am, I told you I'm a psychic medium. So I combined both of those together. Now, the reason I did that is because from my understanding, at least, psychic and medium are two separate things. Something like you can be one, but not the, you can be one or both or one or the other kind of a thing, right? So you can be a psychic, you can be a medium, or you can be both. So some people only connect to dead spirits, spirits that have passed on. Spirits that are, uh, let's say, human in nature or have lived a human experience but have crossed over, have opened that door, the other side of birth, death, right? So they're on the other side of that door, but they're still lingering in this physical plane, right? Um, those kind of spirits exist. Many people have tried to document them or successfully documented them. You can find proof wherever you want, but you have to be willing to actually see it and accept it. There's never going to be somebody that runs up to you and says, I have definitive proof of these things. I can prove it to you without a doubt. And why is that? Well, it's because the way that these things work is something like the way that you see Star Wars deal with the Force. It only works if you believe in it. 
And I don't say that to be coy. I don't say that to make a joke. I say it because it is literally the truth. I can't convince you that this stuff is true. Fundamentally, I cannot. You're the only thing that decides that for yourself. So that I'm never going to be able to provide you significant proof in that way. Physical proof from my experience in my life, from my anecdotes, that is going to convince you wholeheartedly that one, what I'm saying is true without refute. And two, that you're the same thing. That's the other aspect of this that I've been realizing. We're not different in that way, folks. Everybody has, theoretically, I guess is the best way to put it, in a spiritual sense, theoretically, the ability to wake up. Everybody has the ability to go through an awakening process. Everybody has the ability to kind of ascend. Everybody has the ability to be a Buddha. In this instance, immediately, everybody can be Jesus Christ. Everybody can be literally whoever they want to be. Every moment, you choose. You choose. That's why. You have to believe in it. What I can do is try to share with you my experiences as much clarity as I can. Now, there are aspects that I'm learning because, like I said, I have been practicing these over the last couple months. Part of the reason I haven't been on here is I've been developing things like tarot reading, rune reading specifically, which is one of the uh, aspects of my ancestry that I've been learning about recently. That has been a very interesting discovery process. There's a lot of things I have to talk about with you guys surrounding these, these abilities, these developments. But what I can tell you without a doubt is there's no question in my mind that what's happened as I've explored these is my faith has been hardened. <laughs> it's been solidified into a certain type of rock that I can't move anymore if I wanted to. There's no going back. I, <laughs> I couldn't make this up if I tried. <laughs> and I hope I've documented that fact to you. I hope you can tell through the expression of the emotion that I've, I've, I've shown you in these last episodes that there's been absolutely no acting going on here. <laughs> that everything that I've, I'm saying right now is genuine and everything I've set up until this point is genuine, 100% me and my truth. Now I accept that it may not be your truth and I accept that there's probably aspects of my experience that I don't properly understand or haven't experienced yet. I know my perspective is never whole. What I can tell you is <laughs> truth truth I can't tell you anything truth truth so that being said what does that mean for the podcast well it means a lot of things guys it means I'm going to start to incorporate these ideas these tools uh, into the podcast and I'm, but what I'm going to try to do and what I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks is something like using Wikipedia 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 right using the internet itself uh, doing some research I have some books I want to do some more reading um, exploring these tools um, not only those but also tying them into western culture and religion so that we can translate them something for, in, in a certain way for you um, demonstrating to you kind of uh, something like the the ways in which these ideas connect, right? So that if you do feel uncomfortable in any way engaging with any of the tools that I'm talking about, that's fine. Maybe you're not meant to use that one. 
I'm going to show a lot of them. I'm going to show all of them if I can. I'm going to try to demonstrate for you exactly what it's been like for me to learn these things. And I hope that it helps you. And I hope you come along for the journey. I also will tell you that it's going to be scary and intimidating. And I guarantee you that there's going to be aspects of it that may not be comfortable because that's what this podcast is about. It's never been about having fun. It's about tearing you apart (laughs) for your benefit. (laughs) And that made me sound like a psychopath. You get my point though. It's oddly enough. All for your highest good and my highest good. You have to understand that when I say you many times, I'm just talking to me. (laughs) I mean that literally and figuratively. I'm always just talking to me. You're always just talking to yourself. That's why I've always found it funny that people don't like talking to themselves. Like, well, that's what you do every day. What, you think you're not talking to yourself when you talk to someone else? Quotation marks? (laughs) Hmm, nice try. You're just tricking yourself. Why do psychic abilities exist? Why do mediums exist? Why do the telekinetic powers exist? Why does God exist? Why are all the religions true? Because we're all it. I know you. And you know me. Trust in that. It's an odd game we play, thinking we don't. (laughs) Hiding behind our hands like we're playing hide and seek with a child. Do you remember who I am? Nope. Here I am. Here I'm not. That's what we do every day, guys. That's what we're doing every, every day, every second of our adult lives until we decide, I'm tired of playing this game. Or until we forget that we're even playing one. What do you want to do? It's not just religious and, and spiritual ideas. What do you think the philosophers were doing? Another, another name for a philosopher is prophet of sorts. Another name for music, music, musician is prophet. Another name for artist is prophet. Another name for Jesus Christ was prophet. Another name for you is prophet if you choose it. In whatever way you express it, you can be prophetic. But you have to be willing to see what you are, to embrace it. And that's scary as shit. (laughs) And that was good timing. Man, oh man. Really is odd how I got nervous before coming on here. And I don't know why I do that. Because every time I do this, it's like the best therapy for myself. I really hope you get something out of it. I'm sure you do if you listen. But nonetheless... Man, I feel better after I do this. And like I said, we have a lot more topics to cover now. It's not... There hasn't been a pause in the podcast because I didn't have content to talk about. It's actually quite the opposite. I've had too much to organize. (laughs) So um, if any of you were worried that the podcast uh, was going to to not come back for any reason, don't, don't worry about that. 
I have plenty more coming at you, not only in this podcast, but with new ones that I'm playing with making new different mini series that I want to do focused on specific topics, much more um, research based, a little more logical minded. For those of you that enjoy that kind of thing, something like if you ever listen to um, hardcore history, not to that degree, because I think that's like the most ridiculously in-depth historical documentation I've ever listened to or seen or read or watched, period. But the idea is something like that, taking one of these ideas, psychic, tearing it apart, doing research on it prior and to kind of organize it into something like a story for you guys so that we can really engage with these ideas at that level and then also at the philosophical level that we usually do in this format, if that makes sense. In addition to that, uh, I have some other things that are coming your way um, that me and Bethany are talking about developing together that we are really interested in, in uh, exploring and that will be happening here sometime soon. So as we develop that more um, and as we kind of figure out our logistical um, excuse me, I just had to take up for a second. As as we figure out the logistics of it, I will clue you in more on the other projects we're going to develop, and I can't wait to as well to introduce you guys to her on this very podcast and talk about some of this stuff with her because I'm telling you what, man, some of the conversations we've had up until this point will blow your mind. And I think we're going to have some of those on here. So with that being said, I am very, very thankful for you as a listener, for you still being here, for you sticking around during this little hiatus I took, but for having faith in me this entire time, for supporting me, for being my family, for being my, you know, for showing me that love when I wasn't feeling it. Thank you. Truly, deeply from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being a listener. And I can't wait to continue this journey with you. 